From member-supported CPR News, this is Purplish, a show about Colorado politics and democracy. I'm Benta Berkland. Welcome to a new season of Purplish. New focus, new sound, and new hosts. Me. And me, Andrew Kenny, the other half of CPR's public affairs reporting team. If you're a longtime listener to Purplish, you may have been expecting this guy. Hi, yeah, I'm Sam Brash. I used to host this show. Okay, and what changed? What changed was I, I got a new job covering climate change. Politics just wasn't depressing enough for me, so I decided to do climate change instead. But I'm curious, like, what are you guys going to do with the podcast? Well, each week, while the state legislature is in session, we'll be breaking down the latest developments, discuss what's next, dive into the bigger picture. And so, Sam, you probably aren't off the hook because I know we'll want you back on later at some point. Yeah, I, I should have expected that. Yes. I think climate change might be something There's they discuss at the state There's a little crossover between climate change and politics. But for now, we have the expertise of our public affairs editor, Megan Verlee, who's joining us this week. Yeah, I uh, kind of couldn't resist as the person editing all of your capital stories. I wanted to be here to, to see how this goes. So, Benta, take it away. Everyone's been back at work for just over a week now, and I thought this would be a good time to kind of set the table for some of the fights we might see in the coming months. And even though Democrats are in charge of both chambers and the governor's office, it doesn't mean we won't see some major differences of opinion, and we already are. And Andy, you've started tracking this idea of creating a public option for health care, and we're seeing some pretty big divisions already there. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. It, it seems like one of Polis's top priorities is to cut into consumer costs, which is one of a couple different ways you can approach health care reform. And it's to the point that he's created something known as the Office of Saving People Money on Healthcare, which... Was the most ridiculous thing in the state of the state last year. <laughs> you think Seriously. so? Yes. Well, it gets the point across, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> so now we're seeing him start to, uh, to execute on that idea a little bit more than just having this weirdly named office. And what he's done is he's really underlined his support for a public option health bill. And so what does that mean? You hear advocates of that say, we're not talking Medicare for all. Correct. So what they want to do is uh, they want to say we are going to have this statewide insurance option that's going to fit all these different parameters. It's going to cost this and it's going to be available to these people. And the way we're going to accomplish it is we're going to make the insurance companies do it. So obviously there's going to be a lot of pushback in the building and then outside of the building. We're already seeing money being spent lobbying. The bill hasn't even been introduced yet. This thing very much targets, from everybody I've talked to, all the experts, targets health industry profits as the way that they're going to deliver this. And the ramp up has been immediate. The bill is coming. It's not here yet, but already we've seen flyers rolling out, broadcast television, radio, Facebook. It's going to be pretty intense. And let's talk about the politics inside the Capitol. We were all following the opening day speeches and the governor's state of the state address. And it was pretty interesting because the only person who mentioned public option who, who was willing to say those words was Governor Polis. You're absolutely right. In the Capitol, you can say big concepts and mean really different things. And so the fact that Polis said public option and nobody else put those two words together suggests that uh, there's probably some daylight there. Yeah, you know, at, at this early in the session, it's somewhat reading tea leaves. But when we asked directly for the Democratic leaders in both houses, they said, we're open to it. We're, we'll consider anything, which is a way of saying uh, we don't know yet or like we're not ready to jump in as hard as polls. 
Polis is all about it. I thought it was so interesting to hear Polis come out completely swinging against the health industry. In his State of the State speech, he essentially said, listen, the health industry is coming after this bill. They're using their profits from overcharging patients to pay for advertisements to tell you not to approve of the public option. And of course, those folks are going to fight legislation that brings some sanity to pricing. I get that. But we, re- we don't represent the special interests. We represent the people. And the people are crying out for relief on high health care costs. And we can and we will do better. So he has drawn a clear line in the sand. Polis versus the health industry. Well, since you've got the governor with his sights on the hospitals, like, are the hospitals responding yet? Yeah, so we know that the group that is funding this campaign is called Partnership for America's Healthcare Future. They've zoomed in on uh, Colorado in particular now because they see Colorado as likely to pass legislation. And that group is an amalgamation of pharmaceutical companies, insurance companies, hospitals, including some hospitals that have a big presence in Colorado, like HCA. So Polis is really attacking those groups for their perceived campaign against Colorado. And the rest of the hospitals as well, even the ones that aren't claiming responsibility for the ads, they're still like, well, we don't know who's doing this, but we agree with it. Or we may not be directly involved, but we're very concerned about the public option. I kind of want to switch gears because we've been talking a lot about the public option, but it's actually really just one of two giant Mm -hmm. proposed, possibly government-run things uh, that lawmakers might be dealing with this session. And I think we really do need to talk about the other one as well. And that, of course, paid family leave. Uh, Benta, I know this has been sort of on your plate so far. Uh, Walk me through, what are Democrats even thinking about here? Well, this is something that has been proposed at the legislature since 2015. Uh, It's a big priority for a lot of Democrats. The idea is that you can take paid time off from your job, a certain amount if you have a baby, if a family member is sick, if you're going through a a chronic illness. And for a, a lot of Democrats, they see this as a core value. A lot of companies do offer this, but especially small businesses and a lot of low wage workers, it's not a benefit they currently have. And so for the last five years, this program has been thought of as something that, like, the state would be taking money from employers and employee paychecks and creating this giant fund uh, and dispersing checks out of the state-run fund. But this year, already, Governor Polis has thrown a wrinkle in that, right? Yes. Democrats were hoping to get that the plan you just described through last session, and it did not happen. There's a narrow majority in the Senate. Republicans are opposed to this idea. And Polis has recently told CPR he does not support a state-run plan. It would be a net negative if there were to be an additional fiscal risk to the state in administering a program when you can accomplish the same policy goals, and the policy goals are people get paid family leave without having to have the state involved. So, Benta, you've seen a number of sessions. What happens when the governor raises up a red flag like this and so early in the session says, yeah, about that? (laughs) Well, I, I think we'll find out. It'll it'll be fun to follow it. It's definitely a big deal. It's the governor. So whoever in that position has a lot of power. At the same time, lawmakers ran on their own issues. They're their own entities. It's the legislature. So it's not just the governor says something and they're going to bend to his will no matter what. So it's this push and pull we'll see. On certain issues, if he does weigh in early, maybe they don't want to bring something to his desk if he's not going to sign it. It's hard to bring people together and collaborate 
and put all those hours in if you don't think it's ultimately going to cross the finish line. And of course, at the same time, the governor is saying this, you've got uh, a task force over the last year that's been studying the financial side of creating a state-run program. So it seems like you've got kind of two trains headed in different directions on this policy. Yes. And some of the people who've long been working on this and are on the task force were pretty shocked to hear Polis come out against a state-run plan, which they think is the only efficient, fair, and non-discriminatory way to implement this. Edwin Zoe, he's a restaurant owner. He has 20 employees. He can't offer paid family leave right now. He said he just doesn't have the money. And he doesn't think a, a private sector model would be fair. A private business model, you know, private insurance model hurts small businesses. It penalizes small businesses. It penalizes women. It penalizes small low-wage workers, which tends to be minority. So it looks like both of you are looking at big policy areas where Governor Polis has come out and kind of with paid family leave and with the public option has similar ideas of like, we want this to be available to Coloradans. I don't want this to be a giant government thing. I want the government to push the private sector into this. Is this, are we sort of seeing maybe a, a Polis philosophy developing here? I think even some Republicans I've talked to are surprised that on certain issues, you know, a lawmaker just the other day said, then I'm always shocked when I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I agree with you on this. One of those, Andy, and I know we were following this, was lowering the income tax permanently. Yes. Yeah, so Governor Polis has made perhaps a somewhat surprising priority, surprising to some, out of lowering the state's income tax rate. He has some ideas about how to do that by broadening the tax base and removing some exemptions. Point being... He brought this up at the State of the State speech earlier this month where he gets in front of a joint session of the legislature, all hundred lawmakers, it's packed with guests, and usually, you know, this is his opportunity to bring up his priorities and his ideas, and there's this whole strange dance that the other lawmakers do where they stand up and applaud for ideas that they like, they stay seated and look serious for ideas that they don't. When he brought up the income tax rate, he kind of threw him a curveball. So in the spirit of collaboration, I'm proud to announce today that we will be creating a bipartisan study group to work on making our tax code more fair by looking at ways to broaden the base and lower the rate by the end of my first term. And we look forward to working with you to make that happen. The Republicans all got up, gave polls a standing ovation. The Democrats were not so sure. Some of them stood up, half stood up eventually. Sounds like kind of an awkward moment. Yeah, it was uh, It was a slow rise, as one lawmaker put it, because, you know, you don't want to sit there and, and blank your executive, just leave him hanging. But at the same time, most of them are not on board with this. And so this moment really illustrates how even within the party, there are divisions. And once you have power, you have to start figuring out what do we want to do with it? And especially with Polis, who doesn't seem very afraid to when he has an idea or when he has an individual perspective or an argument on something, he's going to let it be known. He's going to raise that flag. So guys, um, I think we've probably chewed through the first week of session really well. There's something that as your editor, I would really like to hear about, which is fun. Because I've been up at the, I've been down at the legislature, like it's, there are a hundred wacky human beings who are deciding policies for our state, but they are also human beings. And so please tell me there was something fun in this first week that you can bring to us. I don't know if this is fun or not, but one of the first things that stood out to me was this sense that, oh my God, laws might actually get passed. Laws will get passed. Because I think looking at the federal level and, and seeing kind of like the impasse that we've had there, and even in the state in the past, 
my expectations for things to happen in, in government buildings is not extremely high. And then suddenly you're in this building, there's this hustle and bustle, and you know something's going to happen. The other interesting part for this week has been realizing, like, what a strange, strange environment it is. It's some combination of, like, college, because you're on this, like, schedule, and, uh, you know, it feels like you're starting a semester of college, and high school, because everybody's very chatty, and God knows what else. Like, it's <laughs> it's a bizarre environment. It's so weird to be stuck in that building. So, Benda, you've been there a lot longer. Uh, did you see anything fun this week? I did, yes. I was on the Senate floor, and the Senate parliamentarian and nonpartisan position came up with the idea to recreate a photo that was taken in 1905 of the state Senate. And so it definitely took a while, and all the lawmakers were sitting there. There was a discussion, should we smile or not smile? Because people did not smile in 1905 for photos. So they did a few different versions, and they recreated the flags. And it was interesting, you know, because back then it's basically white men pretty much all with mustaches and now the senate obviously looks different and we're on the verge of having the first uh, lawmaker give birth during the session so she's due to give birth any day so uh, it'll be cool to see those images next to each other someplace in the building can you imagine what those lawmakers from 1905 would think of a very pregnant female state senator now i can't imagine or the lack of mustaches also the lack of mustaches <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. Purplish is a production of member-supported Colorado Public Radio. Learn about becoming a member and join today at CPR.org. I'm Benta Berkland with my colleagues Andrew Kenny and Megan Verlee. This episode was produced by Shane Rumsey. CPR's head of audio innovations is Brad Turner, who also composed our theme music. Our executive producer is Rachel Estabrook. We'll be back in your podcast feeds next week. Until then, this is Purplish from CPR News.